Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. You're listening to BSH Radio. Is this true? Live from the WIP studios in Philadelphia. The hockey team, the Flyers. And right here on BroadStreetHockey.com. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. We are coming to you. Hey, we're on Facebook Live. How you doing, everyone out there? We are coming to you from the WIP studios, as you heard our esteemed producer, John Barchard, say in the intro. Uh, the Penguins won the cup last night, and that's bad. But now the Flyers are undefeated. Now the Flyers are undefeated, and we have the second overall pick, guys, so we're going to get right into it. Let me introduce you to my panel for the evening. First and foremost, my broadcast partner in crime, Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. Glad you could make it tonight, Steph. Yeah, <laughs> real funny. We're real funny tonight. Um, so we were we were talking about doing this whole thing today about how we just were not going to mention that the Pens won the cup until like the last second, and then you ruined it. 30 seconds in, you I know. ruined it. Ruined I didn't it. hear any of this. Well, it would have been so funny. We, we had been discussing it all day. But it's fine. Fake news. What I want to talk about is actually the NHL has not paid the athletes who participate in the World Cup of Hockey. Good. It is June. This tournament was in September. So one would think that you're going to pay your athletes. But the NHL is now on the same level as the KHL, and they're just not paying people anymore, so it's pandemonium. And I wish the mob ran the NHL. That would be awesome. I mean, we're, It'd be we're better. getting pretty close. <laughs> it would be better. It, it just annoys me that the NHL was so adamant that this World Cup hockey is the greatest thing ever. We're not going to the Olympics. We don't need the Olympics. We've got the World Cup hockey, and they don't even pay the stupid players for being in it. Like, what was the incentive for them to be in it at all? Well, now there is none. Well, now for there's, them there's to no- make money. Which I don't even. That's for them to make money. I don't even yeah. think that they did. They did. I don't think they but did. But now, either. now they can't go to the Olympics because they're not going to make any money. Well, your bullshit didn't work either. So maybe there's a bigger problem here. <laughs> you hmm. threw a fake. You threw like a fake exhibition tournament before the season started. Like, of course, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. it was I, I fun. thought the World Cup no, was no, no. fine. But it was North stupid. America but was like, good. Everything else, trash. I, I, the World I, Cup was absolutely fucking garbage. You said trash like me. Uh, <laughs> did, am I? Tur- am I? Is the South Jersey getting to me uh, now? I did, like I enjoyed watching it. It was fine, but like. I, it it wasn't for anything. It, it's fake. Like it's not a tradition, unlike any other. Like it's just well, you something would, like, they started after like ten years off, and it's for they do money. it every now and then. Who, who won? Canada? Yeah. I mean, of course. Of course. Who, who the Canadian B team would have won. That's the thing about international tournaments oh, to me. Is yeah. It's a joke if Canada doesn't win. It's like if a, if the U.S. doesn't win in basketball. I don't see the point. It's a waste of time. If we're going to use professionals, it's a waste of time well, to it's me. Not, it's not that bad. Like, another, yes, it is. Like, Sweden <laughs> could theoretically beat Canada. Yeah, whereas, Canada no, whereas, like, no one is beating the U.S. in basketball. It's just not going to happen. If... if if Canada played their B team or they just didn't care, they were all hung over like the U.S. at Nagano in 98, then someone else has a chance. Well, Canada hadn't won a, an Olympics until 2010. Like, they'd lost a bunch of them with their best players. Because so they it, didn't care. Okay, well, they don't. it's very possible that some years they just may not care. <laughs> and then we have another winner, like we did in Nagano and we did in, um, what, Italy? Was that 2006? 
I don't remember where Olympics take place. Eh, Wait, I just remember year, hearing about like Leclerc the, the, helping the, the trash. Two thousand six Olympics. Vancouver. No, two, that was two thousand ten. The one before that. Not Vancouver. <laughs> Thanks. <Steph. laughs> You've been a big the other help. One. Thanks. The I fly by yourself, Kelly Henkel. So, did everyone see the article that came out today about the cap remaining flat for the most part? Probably. Yes. Because I saw a lot of screenshots. The league is trash. The NHL has not grown revenues over the last year, which is a bit, seems like a problem. So it got me thinking, what do you think Gary Bettman would have to do to get himself fired? Because he's never successfully avoided a lockout. He's not actually growing the game in a way that makes anyone any money. Well, they put a team in Vegas. A lot of people made money from that. Well, the league revenues are flat, so they're not they're not making any money. That's what they say. Well, it well, just they, they, I, they have to. They have to share that information, or yeah. else, or else the the NHLP because there's a, there's a revenue share. They, exactly. they split the hockey related revenue. So if they're lying to the players, the players can sue them, and that would be a disaster. It just so, makes me wonder, like, by what metric is he being judged as doing a good or bad job? It's the owners. If, yeah, if he's so, making the owners happy, then yeah. they're going to keep him around. And I haven't heard but them I, complaining. I know, but I recently. wonder why they're happy. It just makes me. It just made me well, wonder. Because like, five hundred million happy? dollar buy-in from well, Bill Foley. They I give him. They, he gives them everything that they want. That's exactly yeah. What it true. Is. Yeah. What does I mean, the best it's, player it's the in the league make? Ten mil. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, come on. The, the, they, it's not, it's, the league is not about the players. It's not about the athletes. It's about making the owners happy. And Gary Bettman bends over to do that. Can you get a sixth or seventh guy in, in the NBA for 10 mil? Can you get like a good starter in the MLB for 10 mil? No. <laughs> like, it's a joke. The, the big problem with Bettman, really, when it comes down to it, and, and actually the Vegas thing was, is sort of deviation from this because this actually showed more long-term thinking, it's the fact that the vast majority of these owners are short-term thinkers. And because of that, they push Bettman to be a short-term thinker. And then the league doesn't make that much money overall because they're thinking too short-term. They're not thinking long-term. At least the Vegas move was looking to the future. You know, let's let's attack a new market before anybody else does, and let's try to grow the game. That was good. I was in favor of that. But so many of the decisions they make... Um, really just across the board, are very short-term thinking. You do have to, though, you have to account for the fact that the the Canadian dollar's weakness is hurting revenues. Yeah. It's not all like that hockey interest is flat. I think ratings for this this final were, were pretty high, were, were an improvement over the last few. So it's not like hockey as a sport, I think, is doing terribly. I agree that Gary Bettman is not a great commissioner. But as Steph said, as long as he's keeping the owners happy – they're probably going to keep him. Like the only way he loses his job is if he starts going against the owners for the good of the game, and that's the, that's the <laughs> irony is that if he actually starts doing things that might that's help the game, then he'd get fired. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Gary Bettman ever doing anything for the good of the game? I will tell you, no. I will give Gary Bettman credit for one thing: he kept the Predators in Nashville. Okay. We just had the the, the best time watching the Nashville Predators. It's like that's true. the most fun thing that's happened in hockey in a while since, since the Toronto Maple Leafs. And speaking I mean, of fun things, well, that was fun. Speaking, they are fun. Speaking of fun things in hockey, Charlie O'Connor. <laughs> so to follow up with this revenue argument, it makes me think that one of the reasons why revenue might be flat is because it's not just Bettman; it's the NHL hockey culture in general. Case in point: PK Subban during this entire series was fun. The Listerine thing was fun. Him then walking into the arena for Game Four carrying Listerine was fun. The most fun. And then what's what happens after Game Five? 
the Nashville organization basically puts a gag order on him and makes him unavailable to the media and basically tells their player to shut the hell up. This is not, like, the NHL was not going to shut him up because, number one, the NHL can't. Number two, I think the NHL actually realized that he was getting more people interested in the final. That's How does but, Bettman go to the Predators and go, yo, this is unacceptable? But Nashville, because they're so ingrained in this hockey culture of, you know, well, because he talked shit on Crosby, Crosby played better, so we got to shut up or else. Because, obviously, if 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 Subban didn't say one thing to, to Crosby, Crosby would have played like crap the rest of the finals. Like, no, let these guys be people. And guess what? Maybe more fans, more casual fans will care. But this is the biggest problem with hockey, and it's not just Bettman. Bettman is just a vehicle for all this. It's the fact that we are not incentivizing players to be interesting. That the hockey culture as it is, is incentivizing players to be boring. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it praises players who are boring, and it yells at players and punishes players who are not boring. Like that jar of mayo, Sidney Crosby exactly. is the most boring human being. And I, I, like, I like mayonnaise, but that's all, that's like it. That's what he is. <laughs> it, just, it. it just blows me away that y- people talk about, oh, we got to grow the game. Hockey people, oh, we got to grow the game. But they don't realize what will actually grow the, grow the game is, is everything they don't want, mm-hmm. which is players showing personality, which is people talking to the media which is people being players being in commercials and becoming a bit bigger than the game that's good you want to know why the nba is really popular aside from the fact that like the stars are the stars it's because they let the stars be the stars they let players like lebron speak their mind and get a following because they're lebron they become larger than the sport yeah because people want to see players who are larger than the sport they want to see stars like could you imagine them like the nba telling steph curry not to bring his adorable daughter on because it's a distraction <laughs> like no no, that no, totally would have happened in the it nhl would've. though yeah it would have the one reporter got all pissy about it uh oh, really yeah last, yeah, last year in the fun but, like, but didn't he essentially tell him to fuck off yeah i mean everyone did like yeah. no one well first of all like that's just one thing like a problem i have with reporters is that like you're the post-game pressers are unimportant to everyone but you getting your quotes oh yeah Yeah. like that's you you need your quotes and that's i guess your job because your job is antiquated but like don't ruin my good time because you need you need actually to be able to put quotes like around the words we gotta like play better you know like it's around the words that you already wrote yeah well that's something that happens a lot in uh in in the ice sport as well it is for sure i'm done going to those post-game pressers too (laughs) no in the end the point i'm making is that if you if you want to if you want to grow hockey it can't just be it's not like if they fire Bettman, hockey's gonna be miraculously better. This has to come from the top down. This has to start at the at the youth level. This has to start at the junior level where you're you're not telling guy like the next Sidney Crosby to be boring and speaking cliches in every single press conference because that's the hockey way. That's what needs to change. It needs to come from the, the coaching state the coaches in the lower levels, the organizations in the lower levels to teach these kids that it's okay to say stuff. It's if, fine. If Jonathan Taves smiled he wouldn't be in the top 100 players of all time. <laughs> if he ever smiled, it'd be like, nah. Imagine sorry. if he ever celebrated right. a goal. <laughs> all right, Captain Serious. No. Well, you uh. know what? Jonathan Taves did have an Instagram post about how climate change is a big fucking problem. He gets points. Hey, I can't. 
Stick to sports. I will not, Charlie. <laughs> you hear that, Boric? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I wanted to talk about the Crosby Subban thing, but I already did on Facebook Live on Saturday. It's not the worst thing that ever happened to somebody. It's hockey. Until they start legislating that stuff out of the game, it's what's going to happen. And I know we all love Subban. We're, we're talking the head smashing into the yeah. ice. Head smashing is a little strong. It, all right, it was grinding. Mushing. Like, 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 mush. a, like yeah. in a, That's, in like a, uh, a mortar, mortar and pestle. And pestle. Yeah. <laughs> that was like what he was doing to his head. Yeah, like that's, that's totally normal and cool. Yeah, and a thing that you should do with another. No, adult's it body. should have been a penalty, but Absolutely. like stuff that happens to Crosby all the time goes uncalled too. Crosby every time he turns his back gets a stick to the kidneys, and is until this? you take that out of the game, Mark this Darnay, is, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Marcus, like, what? Miles, <laughs> what? That's just what's going to happen. Cut off his mic. Where's his job? <laughs> <laughs> but no, what I want to talk about is Philadelphia fans right now because after after uh, that thing we were, we said we weren't going to talk about happened last night, I just posted, hey, remember? Well, now it's weird that thing that we're not going to talk about. It was supposed to be a joke and it was supposed to be a bit but now it's weird well no one told me well if you had paid attention you can't i can't pay attention to everything all the time <laughs> i'm busy during the day yeah doing what uh, hanging out with my dog <laughs> uh, uh i want to i want to talk about philadelphia fans because after after the penguins won last night i posted hey just remember like all this stuff that happens to Philadelphia, like all of our rivals winning, uh, our heartbreaking losses, all the terrible things that happen in Philadelphia sports, that's just going to make winning so much better. And I got so many Negadelphians just, oh, but we never win. It's been 42 years. Oh, my God. We've won one since 83. Whining and crying and bitching and moaning. And I thought this was Philadelphia. Oh. I thought we were tough. Oh. I didn't know we were the crybaby fan base. Oh, Sidney Crosby's a crybaby. Well, he's celebrating and you're crying. Get over it. We lose in Philly. Be proud of it. <laughs> no, own it. I'm wearing this hat purposefully. It has, a, it has a Stanley Cup on the side of it and it's got 1974, 1975 on the side. And you know what? Because that's my team and I root for them. If they never lose again, it's going to be my team. And I own that shit. Man up, woman up, <clears throat> be tough. Get over it. Sometimes your team loses. There's going to be heartbreak. Stop crying. Oh, my God. We never win. I don't give a shit. Grow up. Oh, well, that was a thing. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies Bill and gentlemen. W- William has oh spoken. Oh, my God. They're just so much. God, well, the negativity and the sadness. The this is Philadelphia. It is, it is, it is, in fact, Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> crying is not a sign of weakness. Um, oh, we lost. I don't care. I mean, whining is annoying, but, yeah. I mean, the Flyers didn't lose anything because the Flyers didn't make the playoffs. So Exactly. They lost. Can't lose if you never make it. Yeah. <laughs> lose if you the never Penguins make winning it. is the Flyers losing. Um... No, the Penguins winning is the Penguins winning. The Flyers didn't lose anything because they didn't make it. Like they they did not make the playoffs. Not according to Twitter last team. night. It was the worst travesty in the history of the city. I don't know last who night. you Why follow that? then, yeah, because that's see. not at all what I saw. Uh, uh, check my mentions. I oh god, I don't even I don't even want to. Just a bunch of people crying. Well, oh like my god. I think that it's normal and natural to be upset that your rivals just won back-to-back championships. How are you not used to it at this point? Well, (laughs) even if you are used to it, like, it's still something to be pissed off about, like... And and the way that they that they won, like I think that it's normal if you're invested in sports, no matter who you root for, to be like that's bullshit. 
Oh, we're and never I'm gonna win again. It. That's all well, I no, heard. Like the we're never are, gonna are win not. again. Really? I don't, yeah. I, I didn't see any of this. So whoever you're following, like, stop. I mean, that is stupid. Yeah, you should unfollow. I mean, that that sounds really dumb. I saw yeah. a lot of Penguins fans talking about Flyers fans when their city just won a championship. Which I love. That's one of my favorite things. Like, that makes your team me laugh. just won back to back championships, and you're talking about Philadelphia. Uh, they are. What are you doing? They are, like we are to New York, they are our little brother. They have, no matter what, they have that little brother syndrome of, no matter what, you're still Pittsburgh, you're barely a city. Like, I was just there, you got like two roads and five bridges. Like, you got more bridges than there are actually roads. Oh, that's actually true. Yeah, but they're yellow, so. Yeah, exactly. Like pee. (laughs) (laughs) Sidney Crosby's favorite beverage. You know what the one thing we can say, though? No matter how bad the Sixers are, they're still better than Pittsburgh's basketball team. (laughs) Al Morgandy on Philly Sports talk actually made the opposite joke because they were comparing Pittsburgh's championships and everything. He was like, Pittsburgh doesn't even have a team and they were still better at the Sixers last year, which I found hilarious. Anyway, hey Steph. William? What are you doing on Friday, June 23rd? I am going to be recording live from Smith's Bar in Philadelphia on May 19th? 19th? I don't know the actual location. But Broad Street Hockey Radio is having a draft party starting at 6 o'clock on Friday, June 23rd. We will be joined by WIP. Uh, we will also be joined by Keith Jones. Is this true? This is true. Yay. This is true. I'm psyched so, about it, man. I love Jonesy. I'm super pumped. We're I'm going to embarrass be... all of us. Just get ready. <laughs> That's awesome. okay, because I'm just going to be coming back from Vegas and, oh, no. and the NHL Awards where I'm going to so. see Austin Matthews and just start crying and embarrass the hell out of Charlie and Travis. Like, also, we'll likely still be drunk. So this is, Normal. oh, this will be the first time I see you. After Neuvert goes to Vegas. Well. So that'll be great. Well. (laughs) Well. So everybody, I don't care whether, I I do care whether you're a Flyers (laughs) fan or not, but come to our draft party. You don't have to necessarily support the Flyers. I would prefer it if you did, but it's not going to be a hostile environment if you don't. Um, And it's it's not. It's a draft. It's not. It's going to be fine. (laughs) We're going to be nice. And come with us. Come, Come celebrate with us while we introduce our new our newest large adult son maybe if you're a penguins fan don't come if you're a penguins fan don't come everybody or, everybody, or everybody nice else is fine penguins or, fan no well, if you're a penguins fan don't come okay unless you don't tell us that you're a penguins yeah just fan. don't wear penguins stuff. Yourself. Like, you can be a penguins fan just don't wear yellow and black right like yeah. mets fans you can always tell them because they're the people wearing yankees hats <laughs> So few people look good in yellow anyway. No one should wear we it. We talked about this last week. Steph does, bless. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear yellow one of these days, and, okay. and it'll be surprising. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it'll I don't be know. surprising. It will because people don't look good in yellow, but it's, I don't know. For, it works with my skin tone. It's weird. All it's right, nice. guys. So uh, we had <laughs> a little bit. We had a little bit of news happen. We had like a lot of news yeah. in the last week. But uh, uh, biggest story. Shane Gostas Bear. Biggest story in the world. The biggest story in the world. No, that's a different show, Steph. Shit. Uh, uh, biggest story was the Gostas Bear contract. Six years, $27 million. Not quite Andrew McDonald's 30. Uh... What do we? Is Close. this is was this good? This was hella good. good. Oh my god, yes. Because we talked last week. This is we always kind of assumed. We looked at Zaitsev. We looked at uh, Klingberg, and we said these are about the numbers. Uh, he got six instead of st- seven. I think both those guys got seven. But it, this is pretty much what we were expecting. I, I'm I'm in love with this contract. Like this is this is everything the Flyers 
should have gotten from Ghost of from from not Ghost Spirit, Ghost of Spirit, because <laughs> because literally, like they could have screwed this up. They really could have screwed <laughs> yeah. this up bad by giving him a bridge deal or by messing with them and trying to you know stretch this out until July, thinking they could squeeze a few extra few extra dollars out of him. They got him signed to a six year deal, which is longer than a lot of the comparables we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, Gardner got five years, Shattenkirk got four, so they got him a, with a couple more years than those guys and a very comparable cap hit to those guys in terms of like the percentage of the cap when those deals were signed. This is a really good deal, and it positions the Flyers well for the next wave because you're basically paying Gossis Bear like a second-pair defenseman. But as I noted in the article I wrote for Broad Street Hockey today, it's uh, he's going to be sucking up a lot of the power play points from the other defensemen. So those guys are not going to, even though they'll probably hit the NHL at a younger age than than Ghosted, and therefore will be in slightly different, you know, comparable sections, um, because they're not going to score as many points because they're not on power play one. The Flyers have a decent chance of getting those guys to more reasonable deals because you got your point getter to a reasonable deal because you happen to sign him after a down year. Like, this, this was a perfectly timed deal for the Flyers for what they're looking for, especially if guys like Proveroff and then the next wave that hasn't gotten here, especially if they pan out. Like, you're looking at, you know, obviously Proveroff's going to get big money, but then Sandheim and Myers aren't going to be in the top power play unit. So, yeah, even if they're five-on-five five scores, they're probably going to be in, like, the 30 to 40-point-a-year range, maybe. Whew, hot damn. And then, hey, they might not get the massive deals we were worried about the scorers getting, and then the, the guys, the, the defensive guys like Hagen Moran – they get cheaper deals because, quite frankly, those guys never get paid a ton of money, even if they're incredible play drivers. Because the market doesn't, the market doesn't really value that unless you're getting like top pair minutes. And even then, like what Chalmerson has, like a four, a low four cap hit. Like Vlasic has, like a low four cap hit. Like those are what you're hoping Hague and Moran turn into. Those guys don't get that much money. So this was a really good deal for how it positions the Flyers for the future, and it's a good deal because you got Ghost locked over six years, which solves a lot of the concerns that people had that he was, you know, on his way out. Does the, because uh, we were looking at the structure of it. the fr- weird. That. The front loading and like the yeah. 11 mil signing bonus and all that stuff, I feel like is that, is that how they got him to take the six? Because it would be better for him to take a two or three year deal, right? And well, it's, then it's a risk. At, yes, it's a risk. But at 27 and say he bounces back to what he was his rookie year, he's getting huge money true but what if he gets hurt like that that i think was the was the variable that the flyers could hold over goss's bear was yeah. that like okay you've been in the nhl for two years or for even a pro for what three four years and he's already had acl surgery and and and, and, and hip surgery yeah. like like these are this is a legitimate concern for a small player like goss's bear that he just might keep getting injured so his thinking is i got a team offer me a six-year deal i kind of have to take it and that's where a team like the flyers can get a, a relative bargain so do you think it's like a bit of insurance because he'll be easier to trade down the line with the way the contract is structured? I think that's the way it helps the Flyers. I think yeah. for Ghost, it just comes down to the fact that Ghost Whatever, is a rational getting, person. Yeah. He gets more money. He's going right. to get $27 yeah. million. Dollars right, right. And be 30. And like if that's he's fine. still healthy, yeah. go get another three or four year deal. No, econo- like That's totally yeah. feasible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And economically, it's always better for, for someone in any industry to get money faster. Like as long <laughs> as they're getting the same amount of money because theoretically then you can invest it and you can make more money off the money you've made previously. So front-loading a deal makes sense for Goss's Bear. It also makes a lot of sense for the Flyers because just in case Goss's Bear gets pushed down the depth chart after three years because all these kids pan out and now maybe Sandheim takes his job on Power Play 1 or something like that, then you don't have yeah, you have a $4.5 million cap it, but you only have $3 million in real money a year. 
And then a team, you know, a budget team like in Arizona might say, yeah, you know, we were already interested in him, but now that he's, you know, getting paid less in real money that isn't cap it, he's even more valuable to us. Did did you just mention Jacob Chikrin and then Shane Gossespear on the same team? Because that's something that's relevant <laughs> to my interest. I'd be furious if we traded Shane Gossespear. I mean, I don't want them to trade Shane heart. Gossespear, I know, but, you, but I know, you always, I know. You always yeah. want to keep, as a franchise, you always want to keep your options and open. That's you what always makes, want to keep flexibility. That's another part of the structure of the deal that you pointed out. Hextall yet to give out a no trade or no move. Yeah. Yeah, he's really opposed to that. I mean, you would think at some point he may have to. Like, maybe if Provorov is what we hope he's going to be, he might have to be the guy that he finally gives a no trade. Or oh, no I do that to. for Provy. But it's clear that he doesn't want to. He didn't give one to Voracek, and Voracek got a massive deal otherwise. Didn't give him a no trade or no move because he wants to have that flexibility. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it, Holmgren was handing him out like candy. Hartnell got a no move clause. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and, like, I put I put in my article that I guess we'll get to in a little bit, like, how that's an issue for uh, for Columbus now. And, like, it, they're, they're working it out and apparently making some kind of stupid deal because they have to expose somebody else. But, like, it, not handing those out really... Like just gives you flexibility, and I, that's uh, an underrated part of uh, what Hextall's done so far. You can get out of everything, which that's nice. <laughs> Plus, here's, <laughs> here's the one thing I wanted to bring up, though. Like, are we surprised? You you sort of hinted at. It. Are we surprised that Ghost was willing to go six years? A little. I was. I think that maybe he knows that the year that he had last year kind of made him lose a little bit of leverage. I think it's more. The Dave Hackstall. That was that, yeah. We, well, we, yeah. You guys were talking about that all year. That you were scared that he was going to want out because of Hackstall. And yeah. clearly, I mean, you signed for six years, you don't want out, right? So, do you think that maybe the room knows that Hackstall's on a short leash? Well, there or was also a, the thing that happened. What yeah. was it? The day before? Yeah, I mean, I, we'll get to. I don't think that's. I, I like to think of things listen. being gossipy and conspiracy theory. <laughs> e. Charlie, <laughs> no the uh, the Knobloch hire is an interest because there's is that been... how you say his name Knobloch yeah, yeah. yeah. I assume that's how it's that's how Chuck Knobloch yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I feel like that's why like some people know how to pronounce his name and other people yeah. don't it's like people who are baseball fans in the nineties remember Chuck Knobloch yeah. and then everybody who I, wasn't a baseball fan in the nineties yeah. like how the hell do you pronounce this guy's name I've only been calling him Chuck I actually don't even know his first it's name Chris uh, Chris okay. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people have, uh, like, I, I don't know if it's conspiracy theories about this hire, but like, why is this hire important? So I think that it's important that they're they're bringing in another coach that doesn't have NHL coaching experience, but has he was on like the track to to head coach, whether it was AHL or well, that's really what people thought he was going to be that yeah. he was going to be the head coach at, for an AHL team. He interviewed for the Phantoms job, right? Couple, yeah, before they hired. Before Gordon. they hired Gordon, it was yeah. rumored, but it seems like it makes sense because yeah. eventually Hexall got right. His guy. So he was the head coach for the Erie Otters, who's uh, OHL. OHL, yeah. I never yeah. know. I'm so terrible with what league. I just always just go there. CHL. Like, like, I do that CHL's a lot the, too. It's yeah. one of them. Right. <laughs> it's up so, there. So he <laughs> was couple the American head coach. teams. He was Connor McDavid's head coach. I mean, there's Charlie. So we're all for cheating him, right? I think that that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah. Uh, or or we trade Shane Goss's bear for Connor McDavid one for one because they do crazy things out there, right? It's a hockey trade one yeah. for one. Uh, huh, huh. Um, shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. Something about something. Oh, um, 
Connor McDavid. Okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 anyway, so I'll, I'll jump in step. Thanks. So, uh, yeah, the Erie Otters were a great team. Like, they were stacked with talent under him, without a doubt. McDavid was the obvious, but he wasn't the only guy. They have uh, Alex Abrincat, uh, Strom, uh, the, uh, the the Arizona prospect. They have uh, the, Ra- the the Radish br- had the Radish brothers. Um, now one is is in the Tampa organization. The other one is going to be a free agent who the Flyers have been sort of linked to because now they have his coach uh, Andre Barakovsky play there. Like they've been loaded with talent, but like the, you still have to take advantage of that talent. You still have to turn that talent into something successful. And it's not like he was only good in Erie. He was also a good coach in the WHL for a couple years before he got hired to be the head coach in Erie. He's just been generally successful in the um, you know in in the CHL, kind of regardless of where he's been. And while you can ding him to an extent because he coached a really good team, you can also give him credit for the fact that he seems like he got the most out of that that team. And this is a thing that we were told Dave Haxtell is good at developing young talent, where like this guy actually has a track record. I was going to say developing yeah, young talent. Except Dave Haxtell never actually did that. And I, th- what makes it interesting to well, me. No, I completely agree he with He never her. won anything well, neither, at a well, school that attracts, like, the top hockey talent. Well, neither did this guy. I mean, this guy didn't win a Memorial Cup. He won OHL titles. The Memorial Cup format is so friggin' weird. Well, you could say the Frozen Four format's really weird. No, it's pretty normal. I mean, it's single <laughs> it's, it's single elimination. Like, it, it's basically the NFL playoffs. Maybe. Which is really fluky. And have- All right, Charlie. <laughs> so Charles! The thing that I find interesting is that once we hired this guy... There was a lot of Canadian national hockey media and U.S. national hockey media who really praised the deal and kind of made it clear that they all thought that this guy is going to be an NHL head coach. Like, this is a thing that this is his career track. So it kind of makes you think if they're bringing him in, it is with the intent of him at some point being the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. And sooner rather than later, because the one we have now is trash. I mean, I think that there's also the case that he could, a promotion for him would also be head coach of the Phantoms. That's how I, if it's got anything, if it's got any relevance to to Hackstall, it's that if they were to fire Dave Hackstall, they would probably promote Scott Gordon, and then Knobloch becomes Phantoms coach. Right. So That's, there's there's a couple different. There's a couple different. Would tracks. they go? Would they go non NHL, non NHL? Like, would they replace a guy straight out of college with a guy straight out of juniors? Mm, I mean, maybe. It depends on how long. Does Gordon you're giving... have NHL coaching? I, I I don't yeah. want Scott Gordon. As yeah, he I was going to say. I, 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 I don't think Scott Gordon's a very good. I was going to ask: Is he even a good coach? I he don't coached think the he Islanders. Is. It was bad. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a good all right. Coach. But like the Islanders are bad, so fair. I don't think he's but... done. A, I don't think he's done a good job with the Phantoms. I think the Phantoms should have been much better this year than they were, considering the massive amount of talent they had. Yeah, they were pretty stacked. I think everyone expected them to go. Like, they were good, yeah. but I think they should have been great. Oh, okay. That's just my opinion. So Riley Cote for Phantoms head coach? <laughs> Riley Cote is my dream coach of the Flyers. <laughs> I'd rather have Riley Cote as PK coach than Ian LaPerriere. Let me put it that Ooh. way. Yeah. Ooh. Does, uh, Let's does, do that. Does Knobloch take over uh, power play responsibilities? He does. He does. And th- that kind That's of, official? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the only opening they had. They're not going to shift around the coaches, I okay. don't think. I, this this kind of goes back to where the way I look at it from Knobloch's perspective. Like, I don't look at Knobloch taking this job thinking, I'm going to replace Dave Haxel. If I'm Knobloch, the reason why I like this this job is I'm going in as an NHL assistant coach 
a lot of NHL assistant coaches eventually end up as head coaches, especially when they're young. Maybe not at the team they were assistant coach, but they get they get an opportunity. And he's getting to coach a really good power play. Yeah, that's like, it's a it's like an OC job for a good offense. Exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah, he's obviously like you give a him, candidate. You give him three years coaching this power play, still having PP one be really good, and maybe he turns <laughs> around power play two. Then even if Hackstall works out, or if he doesn't. And Knobloch's still the assistant coach. Knobloch's going to start getting offers from other teams. So I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think Knobloch yeah. is looking at this necessarily as like I'm replacing Dave Haxall. Knobloch is looking at this from a career move standpoint, and saying this is a really good spot for me to be in. If I happen to move up the ranks of Philadelphia, great. But I think I can use this as a springboard to get a head coaching job somewhere else. In oh, it. I'm sure that's what he's thinking. But I'm wondering if Hextall is thinking yes. this is my next head coach. Maybe I, I, Maybe. I think that Hextall is also playing the long game here. Yeah. No, well, he has had the uh, stay patient approach. Have a backup plan for everything. So, do we think it's that this possible that this year is the year that Hextall has to do something? He's got to do something more than he did last right? year. I, I, I just think he can't repeat this year. Like yeah. I, I do think they'll give him the whole year. Oh, he'll but get the I whole think year, that unless it's a total disaster. Yeah. Well, I, I would I would suspect that like I think Hextall could survive another playoff this year. It just can't be this kind of year. Like if there's another year where the team just can't buy a goal. Then, yeah. then you start thinking, okay, these guys, this guy's systems are not good. He's not getting anything out of Claude Drew and Jake Voracek. We probably need to dump him. Like, but if if let's say the Flyers score okay, the young defensemen are developing, but the goaltenders that Hextall brought in are just awful. Like, no, then I don't oh, think God. then I then I don't think Hextall gets canned. It just it would depend on Goal. how the season goes. I hate goalies so like, much. They just ruin everything. What's wrong with goalies them? just ruin everything. They're, you know, they're kind of annoying. They're terrible. Luckily, we have <laughs> Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom coming. Yeah, well, Carter they're good. Hart. They're good until I hate them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, just, you, you, you mentioned honest. you mentioned some things in the outline about the power play. I want to know with the with the top power play. Uh, I I like the idea of four forwards and one defenseman. Don't get me wrong. But in the last two years, Jake Voracek has not been good on the power play. He's not. He's just not. What if? You put Ghost in that spot, and you have Provorov at the top. See, I they I, have I, they I, gave up so many shorthanded goals. Yeah. I don't want to see that anymore. But that's I, I just look at that as kind of fluky. Like, yeah, they gave up some rushes, but like again, this goes back to the goalies. If the goalies make a few more stops on breakaways when those shorthanded rushes happen, are we really talking about how many shorthanded goals they gave up? Like, did they re- were they really that much of a sieve in, in terms of like? giving up straight-handed goals, or were the goalies just never bailing them out when they gave up rushes? <laughs> that was like Bill's record. <laughs> I say Siv. Siv. I say Siv, too. <laughs> I mean, but like, I, I like, love don't give up those chances. That's the, like, I can't, oh, I can only, yeah, I can't blame is the goalie what for I'm saying three is on one. everybody gives up shorthanded chances sometimes. It's just sometimes goalies make the stops, and sometimes they don't, and this year they didn't. But they gave up like seven. Like, that's an incredible number. And Voracek just hasn't been good on the power play in the last two seasons. Has, I mean, he's been pretty good. I don't think he's been amazing, but if he's been pretty good, he's very good at setting up that deflection play for Shen. <laughs> Maybe he has... Bill is just upset that Shen is good. I like Braden Shen. I stick up for Braden Shen at every turn. No. I do. The, the, the thing that Voracek has gotten worse in over the past few years has been he hasn't scored as many goals, but he's still setting up goals. I don't think Voracek's been that bad on the power play, but in addition to that, the one thing that, and I forget who told me this, it might have been Meltzer, we were having a conversation about this, and some somebody who, who knows stuff basically is like, look, <laughs> the problem with the idea of bumping Voracek off power play one is that power play time in a, for, for a lot of teams is almost used as like a 
a reward for strong play in the other sections of the, of, of the game because that's where you rack up your points. And if you drop Voracek off that power play one, like that sends a message not just to Voracek but to everyone else on the team that Jake Voracek is no longer viewed as a top scorer on this team. So like there's it's not just as simple as dropping him off. Like there are consequences in terms of team chemistry that get affected if you drop Jake Voracek off power play one for an extended period. But I also not saying you can't do it, but you have to acknowledge that like it, it it does send a message. I also see a Voracek wheel connect me goodish youngster kind of combination as really interesting. I don't want Gudis on the power play. And I get and I get he that, can like, shoot. But that's all he does. He does have a cannon. That's all you ask him to do. It's power play two. It's 35 seconds. I don't want him shooting every single time. I want them trying to create chances down low. And every time Gudis touches the puck, he's just going to shoot it. You're not you don't score look look at Nashville in, in the Stanley Cup. We know why their power play was so ineffective for most of the final because all they were doing were taking outside shots from their defensemen. Yeah, their defensemen are really good, but you score on the power play because you get it in close. You get it to a Braden Shen, you get it to a Wayne Simmons. You take shots from Claude Giroux. You don't do it by blasting away from the point all the time. What like, if yeah, that, team... that's, that's an element, but, but that's not getting the whole thing. pucks getting pucks towards a goalie is how you set up a Braden Shen and a Wayne Simmons. It's not like they have anyone who can shoot and score on this team. Except for Ghost. No one else can shoot the puck past a goalie. I mean, Braden Shen does on the power play. There we go. Yeah. Braden Shen. Yeah, and he's on power play one. <laughs> That's my point. That's yeah. why you need on power. your power play needs to be focused on getting the puck to the guys down low, not playing, not every time Radko Gudis touches the puck at the top of the point, he's blasting away. Yeah, I want Radko Gudis on power play two just doing that. <laughs> I guess I'm saying that I don't think that fixes power play two. I, I, yeah, I think that it, it, I, it, it causes a new problem. Just, power play two can't get worse. I was just gonna say, like, I mean, power play two can cannot get worse. It's wildly ineffective. I agree, it can't get worse, but I want it to get good. Well, I don't want yeah, it to stay no, bad. I think, yeah, I think it, just it, a it different just, kind of bad. That's what I was saying. It just creates a new problem. I, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, put somebody else there. We've got two. We, we're, we're assuming we've got two youngsters. Like, put put Robert Haig there. Well, I mean, someone if, who you know is not just going to wildly shoot the well, puck no, in the net. Like someone... In this format, Provorov moves to power play one. If they don't do that, he's yeah, there, he's and there. that's not... Yeah. Then you don't. Then it doesn't matter. I'm then just, it doesn't yeah. matter. Nothing matters. Sports are bad. I, I'm, I'm just iffy on the it's idea true. of going... <laughs> number one, going three, four, or two defensemen on power play one. Number two, I just don't really want to mess with power play one because it works. It's power play two that's the problem. Why try... You know, why... What, what's the what's the saying? You're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul? Like, that's kind of what I feel like this is. I've never you're, heard that before You're, you're taking life. something away <laughs> from something that works to try to make something that's bad better, and then you end up making the one thing that works bad or worse. And you maybe yeah. you don't maybe you don't even improve the second power play unit because fifty percent of your shots are Radko Gudis from the top of the the top of the point. I just really haven't liked what I've seen out of out of out of Voracek for the last two years on the first power play. I think it's been poor. He throws so many pucks in the shin pads. It's unbelievable the amount of pucks he throws in the shin okay, pads. Okay, well then maybe replace him with Nico Heischer or Nolan Patrick on the right side. Oh, they're going to be. Uh, back they need somebody there. to win a face off on the second unit because under my uh, idea, <laughs> under, I just, under my idea for the second unit, I realized I don't have a, a, a center. Put Kopel on. Kopel, he can win a face off, and he's decent. All right. So uh, speaking of Patrick and Heischer, good uh, good segue there, Charles. Uh, <laughs> do you not like Charles? I keep saying it. I, I don't. I'm ambivalent. Okay. That's fine. It's when I'm feeling sassy and you're just picking up on it. It's fine. Uh, Would the Devils actually pass on both Patrick and Heeshear and go with like uh, 
Heiskinen? Miro Heiskinen, I think. Heiskinen? That well, makes more I think sense. That's, it's interesting because Montreal went and, and, and interviewed Nolan Patrick. Where no, they, 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 I don't think they did. I think that was just that was a weird rumor, and what it turned out was that <laughs> really? Oh, really? what it turned out was that he was going to Montreal, but he wasn't going for an interview. He was going for like an endorsement meeting. Oh, I did That's read awesome. that. Well, damn it, you <laughs> just ruined my whole argument. Sorry, Steph. Because I was gonna say, I mean, M- Montreal could be a good trading partner. They need to win now, but is that going to happen if you trade the the number one? I don't. So didn't the Devils pass on? I'm I can't remember who passed on drafting a really good defenseman because they really needed a forward they at pass, the time. They what, passed, on they passed on Provorov and and and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and to was, get Pavel Zaka, which yeah. I made fun of them multiple times for doing that on this very podcast. I mean, drafting for need is stupid. Yes, it is very dumb, Every especially time. in hockey when in three years in three years your needs are going to be wildly yeah, right. different. Pretty like much. you always need a number one defenseman and a number one center, but like taking a winger and. Yeah. The sixth pick? That's, and, that's and, foolish. And normally, I would look at a report like this and say, okay, it's bullshit. I'm going to ignore it. But this came from Elliot Friedman, who in his 30 thoughts was like, yes, the Devils are considering the uh, the possibility of either going off board and taking a guy like Heiskanen. Uh, Heiskanen, I think, I really think it's Heiskanen. Heiskanen right. looks like or, it's yeah. true. Or trading down with somebody in like the four, five, six range to let them jump up and take their pick of Patrick or Heeshear and then getting like That uh, makes more sense. No, if you... If you pick at one, you have to take one of those guys. Yeah, you would think, right? If you're going to go off board, just trade down. Like that. But again, it takes it takes yeah, a team that wants somebody to trade has up. to get yeah. up. Has anyone but traded in a two- the number one overall pick? Has that even <laughs> ever happened? The last time I remember a really early pick getting traded, it was the Sedins when yeah. when Vancouver okay. had to trade oh, up to take was, them to yeah, a three. Yeah, that was out of. Because they said they weren't going to exactly. do anything yeah. but play together. I can't believe I that hate was them allowed. So much. I'm really They're entertained annoying. by it, but it's because. Um, has anyone here seen Goon? I know you have. Yes. So. Oh, you've seen I Goon. I have oh, seen okay. Goon, jackass. I don't, you don't watch <laughs> you movies. Don't movie. I know, but I've seen that one. Um, I think I've seen it with you. Maybe uh, the two uh, I, the two foreign brothers who oh, are just yeah. the weirdest guys in the world. That's who I think the Sedins yes, are. So I absolutely. love them. I yes. love them because I think that's them. Like, well, I'm convinced but, yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if the Devils are going to not take Patrick or he share they have to trade down. You can't possibly no, be that, be that stupid. Watch the Devils screw it up. Watch them then, screw it up. But that puts me right back in that I don't want them choosing. I want them to I want the Flyers to get what's left. But like scraps right, baby right, pick up the say, scraps. Let's say the Devils screw it up. What do you do as Nico. the Flyers? All right, so what, what's we we know Steph is on the Nolan Patrick. Nolan trip. Patrick, he's Nico. been he has been the definitive number one pick for three years. How do you pass that up? Because Nico's Nico more power fun. play, baby. Yeah, want that Nico power play? He skateboarded. So, so <laughs> he played lacrosse. That, that, so that's like, the tiebreaker. Yeah, so he's like, a multi-sport really, he athlete. He says things like, "I'm a good person and a good hockey player." <laughs> A better person. I'm a better person. I'm a better person. Honestly, yeah. I just love the uh, the Halifax jerseys, and I'm, I want to get. They one. are kind of great. <laughs> Nolan Patrick is six foot three, two hundred and something pounds. He's a large gentleman. He's a large dude who can skate well and can score. Why do you not want this kid? I'm not, that I don't I'm not want him. gonna be disappointed if they end mm-hmm. up with him, but given the choice, I don't want the I guy want who at 19 years old had two sports hernias. Also, See, I think you that- want the next Claude Giroux, which is not a bad thing, but that's essentially what Nico is. Yeah, cool he's he's that. he's like an undersized dude that passes Claude? first. Awesome. 
So who's going to score the goals if you've got everyone that passes first? I don't know. Brainshed. Yeah, Brainshed. <laughs> there we go. When, Brayden Shen, Travis Konechny, you've got your roles for yeah, the next when, 10 years. When Claude Giroux was at his height getting 93 points a season, like, Scott Hartnell with 37 goals. It doesn't matter. Who scores the goals for Pittsburgh? Is that a real big concern for them? I'm not like, talking about that team today, thank you. But, like, if you have really good dynamic playmakers, the goals will happen. Well, this is not saying that Nolan Patrick isn't dynamic. It's just Nico's just a little bit more flashy. I like flash. I like them both. I yeah, just prefer yeah, Nico I because I don't trust Nolan Patrick's injury history. That's all. Charlie, didn't you say that you Joe, think can that you hit that mouse for me? Just like I, I Nico has it. a higher floor, Patrick has Thank a higher, or other way. My view of it is basically that I think Patrick is more likely of the two to be like a straight-up superstar, mm-hmm. but... I also think he's more likely to be a frustrating player than Nico. Like I can't. It's hard for me to to imagine Nico not being an impact forward. But it's a little bit harder for me to imagine Nico being a like holy shit forward. Whereas I can imagine Patrick being that guy. I'm at the point where like I'm still lean. I still lean a bit towards Nico just because I feel like you get this opportunity once every twenty years. I just don't want to see them screw it up. But unless I, you're the Devils, or unless you're the, unless no, we you're, want the Devils to screw it up. Unless you're cool. unless you're Edmonton or unless yeah. you're Pittsburgh, then you get it, all, you the get it all the time. Yeah. Well, you just have I'm to have gonna, Taylor Hall on your team. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. ask a really stupid question just for the sake of discussion. So feel free to fast forward through this Kelly segment. Um, do is there any chance that Nolan Patrick could end up like a JVR, like a big skilled forward with a high? expectations for that ends up just not being that I mean, sure anybody can be a JVR. And I, I, you know what? Do you mind me going on a little bit of a rant here? Oh, no. do it. I'm yes. ready for this. So what really pisses me off is when people talk about... Zoom J- in, Joe. When- <laughs> Joe, get out of my face. <laughs> 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 what really pisses me off when people act like J- James Van Reems like was a bad player. Like, this you is know. a guy who is a 30-goal scorer, who is a very, very solid, above-average second-line forward. Yes, it's not the ideal second overall pick, but like, let's stop acting like James Ram Reeves like is this awful scenario and he's a trash player. He's a good player, and he's been a good player for a really long time. It's just because the Flyers fans expected to be the next John LeClaire, and were angry because he didn't kill people. <laughs> like that's the only reason why people well, don't like James Van Reeves well, because they thought, they, they, they thought he was he a big body lazy. power forward, not and, me. It tu- and it turned out that he was a six three guy who played like a six foot guy. That was why people didn't like James Van Riemsdyk, and it's infuriating to me because he's a good player. He like, is stop good. acting like it's a terrible thing if the second over, overall pick becomes a James Van Riemsdyk. That's a darn good hockey player. You know, yeah, what but the don't you want more than a James Van Riemsdyk? Ideally, but it's two. not like he's a Neil Yakupov where he's like no. had barely hanging on in the NHL. No, that's a bad pick. Yes. James Van Riemsdyk was not a bad pick. In in two of Van Riemsdyk's first three seasons, he had under twenty goals, and I'll tell you why I don't like him. And it's got nothing to do with what he did in the NHL. It's about what he did before he was in the NHL. I always just held a grudge against him because uh, he he's he's in the pipeline. He's at New Hampshire. The Flyers ravaged by injuries. They need somebody. They just need an emergency call up. JVR goes, nah, I'm good. And you know who came up? Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux came up because he wasn't afraid of the spotlight. He wasn't afraid to come and play in the league. He wasn't afraid to leave his comfy little cushion of, 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 of college hockey and... I just appreciated him more. Can I always he, held it against JVR for that. Is that a thing? Like, that actually happened? Yes. Giroux came up for a game or two, I, I believe. I, I, 
But I, like, I sort of remember this. I'd be curious if there wasn't like a contract thing the, where like you yeah, might have like burned a year of JVR's deal if they would have called them up. I feel like you're way too I, I, sure I don't about know. this feeling for oh, you to be wrong. Oh seven oh eight. Yeah, you might no, be right. I just don't. remember No, I've decided it that he's not right, having absolutely no no background. <laughs> Drew and, played two games in oh seven oh eight, and I remember know, one of them I went to a know shootout. Why JVR did not? Because he was afraid. No, I want to know why in terms of contract and rules. I don't JVR care. This did is hockey. No, 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 no. Get out and play. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to know the actual facts and not, not the Bill Matt's emotion. I no, want to know who this is an emotion. Happened. This is, you were, uh, you were granted the opportunity to play in the NHL, the top league in the world, your childhood dream. And you were like, nah. But what it if, tells the, con- you don't what want if it the contract said no? Like, no, you cannot do this. What? No, they asked him to come up and he was like, no. Well, it was an opportunity. I I, that's I, what I, I don't I, believe. I really want to like, go back and I want to. I want to get confirmation that this story right. actually I'm happened. I'm really glad as you I, remember. I started it, this. It might have, and maybe maybe Bill's right, but I just I'm not 100 percent buying. Just this was always remember when you doubt me, it's true. Uh, Everyone actually. <laughs> Actually, I don't just make things totally up. Right. Yes, you do all the time. Just make things up. Oh, I'm yelling about sports, not this show. Well, I <laughs> we don't get Bill with integrity. Goddamn it! <laughs> Speaking of Bill's integrity, I'm just saying oh. JVR Bill, is lazy. Bill published an article today. I really did, and it was words. good. Good, it words. was really good. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Charlie. I really appreciate that. So, Thanks, Bill, let's let's hear about your article. Well, it's about <laughs> uh, it's about this rebuild, and it's about everything Hextall has done up to this point. And while there are small things that are questionable, yeah, like w- why did you give Dale Weiss four years? But if he plays the way he did in the last fourteen or so games of the season uh, next year, cool, he'll be a nice. Yeah, four years for a bottom six winger, whatever. The PEB extension, I like. Why did that need to happen when it did? But why did that need to happen? Period. Yeah, and sentence. I, yeah. I, whatever. It's a fourth liner. Maybe he'll be an extra forward next year. Hopefully, he's not in the lineup every night. He's That's on the coach. He's an alternate captain. Like, there's absolutely no way. Yeah, maybe. I we'll see. It, like I don't. I, but like overall, everything. Hextall has done has been with the trust the process mindset. We are rebuilding and we're going to take the long view. And it's worked. But now it's time to turn the corner. And starting now that the season is over and some team that we're not going to mention won the Stanley Cup and we are now moving towards the draft when they take either uh, Nico Heischer or Nolan Patrick at number two, phase two of this. Did I say that right? You're laughing? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Phase two begins. And Hextall's legacy will be built from here. And I set it up as Hextall has set them up, and now he needs to finish. No one commented on like my use of hockey terminology in the title. I don't think. I don't think that was appreciated enough. Honestly, Kelly but. did. I did. <laughs> oh. I had a hearty chuckle, and also I really enjoyed Thanks, it. Charlie. Charlie is like low key mean. Isn't he? <laughs> he does it with a smile, so he you don't does. realize he's being mean. It is the most delightful <laughs> thing in the and world. And he will just eviscerate you with a smile on his face in a very pleasant tone. Charlie has and you're like, figured oh, wait. out. The perfect, polite fuck you. And it's amazing. It is a skill. It is amazing. But I just, what do you now, now that that (laughs) we're going into year four of Hextall, what do you want to see him accomplish from here forward? Um, Fire Dave Hextall, thanks. Yes, that's the one. That would be nice. Yep, thanks. I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do when the Flyers are on the cusp and when they actually can dive into free agency. That, yeah. that, that to me, is like the last thing because it's not like Hextall has been that good in free agency. 
Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Yeah, like the, bad at the guys he's gotten have not been very good for no. the most part in free agency. So, what's he going to do when Gordon they're, worked when, out. when they're not going Dale after Weiss. guys with like you know cap hits between seven hundred k and two and a half mil? What if he's going after a guy for five mil who's going to be a top six forward? Is he going to get the next David Backus? Like that's or is he going to go out there and is he going to sign the next Anton Strawman? Like you can get good deals in free agency. You just have to be shrewd about it and. I'm very curious to see whether he can pull that off. No, like as much as we, as much as we hated on uh, on on Holmgren, like going out and getting a Delzato while it was like need based, they just like had no defenseman and yeah. Delzato was sitting there. Mm-hmm. Good move. You got him for nothing. Like mm-hmm. Hextall's been able to figure that out via trades, like with with Sam Gagne, with Jordan Wheel. Like Gutis. you got yet yeah, Gudis. You got a, a a high value player for very little, but. Will you be able to go out and buy that guy? And uh, speaking of which, like with the buyout window opening Thursday, do you think they open themselves up a little room with anybody, Charlie? No. A guy, a guy, maybe who makes way too much. No, like an Andrew McDonald. No, I mean, I would have no problem with it, but there's no way they're gonna. Buy they that. just pl- they played yeah. the dude like yeah, a first like, pairing defenseman all year. They played him 20 minutes a game. They're not gonna buy him out. Gotta this get your year. money's worth. Like, I think absolutely he's good. Not. They, I, they like, like him, him and they think yeah. he's good. Run They're going. The ground. We're going to find out on Sunday that they protected him in the expansion draft. There's going to be mass chaos in the city of Philadelphia, <laughs> yeah, and that's true. just how. That's just what it is. I'm going to be mad both on and offline when yeah. we find out that no, they no, protected no. We're, you. We're preparing you won't be ourselves. actually laughing. I might. You might, I might <laughs> giggle. <laughs> like we're we're preparing ourselves ahead of time. We know that this is going to happen. They're going to protect Andrew McDonald. You know what? They're probably going to protect Belmar too. And we lose. Oh, we God. like that's I, see, I, I, I would be more mad about that. Yeah. The, the McDonald thing is like whatever. They don't they're, they're have three defensemen Ma- to protect. They're either protecting yeah. Manning or McDonald. They're yeah. both not very good. They don't have three defensemen. But if they to protect that. Belmar, who's not very good, what over other... some guys who might be somewhat good, that's infuriating. The fact that they're negotiating with Jordan Wheel now to me tells me they're going to protect him. Why? Because why would you sign him to lose him? I mean, what if they don't lose him? What if they? What if they protect? What did I just say? Belmar, and then they lose Raffle. Like, you don't know. But a guy you're committing to with a contract, you would protect. Yeah, but his contract, his cap it probably will be less than other guys who they wouldn't be protecting. Right. I, I Look, I agree who that... Who weren't signed by this general manager. I, well, or Dale Belmar. Was. Belmar was. I Belmar mean, they, they, was. these yeah. are all people that they just committed to. Yeah, but like those aren't... Uh, yeah. Raffle was. He signed Raffle. He, did he give him that? Yeah, he, Hextall, gave, yeah, Hextall gave he got an, he got another these, extension. That's right. Yeah, yeah. These are be- these are all Hextall guys. Yeah, Belmar has the A. What other teams are not going to protect their leadership core? Like they're going, they're going to yeah. protect Belmar. I don't think God, they're going. They I don't totally think they're going to protect are. Belmar. But it wouldn't blow me away if they did. Well, I, I think there's a the better, coach has nothing a better to chance do they with protect Belmar wears, over like a or the, or Absolutely, the general manager has nothing to do with who wears the letters. He doesn't give a shit. Sure, but what other what other team is not going to protect their leadership core? A bad team like the Flyers are. Like what? Didn't didn't Florida give uh, Thornton the A this past year, or was yeah. it, or McKenzie the A? I don't I don't know. And like, there's know. no way they're protecting him. C. Oh, they gave him the C. Yeah. So Joe, you can well, speak. It won't be on the recording, but it'll be on Facebook. You don't have to be silent. No, I think it will be on Facebook. No. It will be on Facebook. Uh, it will be on this recording. Oh, that's, that's true. I, I would think that if they do a buyout, it, the one guy who it could be would be Reed. Not because, and I'm a, I'm a Matt Reed defender. I think he's a perfectly solid bottom he's six fine. forward. He's but fine. he's got one year left. 3.6. He's, he's got one year left in his deal, and he's overpaid for what he is. And if they think the only way we're going to be able to get Patrick or Heeshear 
easily on the roster to start the year is to buy out Matt Reed, maybe they do it. Can I don't we, think they I don't think they have to, but I think it's there's like a 10% chance they do. It. Like can't for a second, can we talk about the bottom 6? And Why? Just because <laughs> so depressing. Because because they're, like they're, oh, because there was a thing that I saw. I think it was Dave Isaac had a mailbag today. He did. Um where they said um he said Contract negotiations are in full swing with Jordan Wheel, but also probably going to tender a qualifying offer to Roman Lubimov, which is awesome because I love Lubby, but... Didn't he just sign somewhere else? No. No, I thought he signed in, like, the KHL. Did I? Miss- no, they're, they're going to qualify him, but my guess is that he's going to he go probably, to the KHL. Yeah, he probably okay. goes back, but, like, it's not going to do anything about... You, know, you qualify him, he comes back, and he's yours. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but... Vecchioni was also one of the people mentioned that oh he'll God, get a qualifying offer. I, I always forget about Vecchioni. That he'll get a qualifying offer with hopes that they find spot for him in the lineup. Where? Where are all of these forwards going? Where? All of these all of these mediocre bros. They're all going to Vegas with Neuver. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. So oh, they'll be a trade. Be, it'll be but... the Las Vegas... Flyers. I mean, golden flyers. Vecchioni is not going to be on this team next year, right? No, I think that that's why he signed here. Because, like, they told him, no, you sign here. You play for a game or two, we'll re-sign you next year, and you'll still have a spot in the lineup. Like, get out of here. Why? Why is competition in the bottom six bad? Because they're all bad. How do do you know that? How do you know that? Because I've watched them for the past decade. You have not seen any of these guys. (laughs) You've seen Vecchioni play twice. (laughs) It's true, I did. You've never seen him play. But you know who I have seen? You have no idea if he's good or not. I've seen Belmar. I've seen Weiss. I've seen, well, Vandervelde better not be on this He's season. not coming back. <laughs> Everyone can be. stop with the Vandervelde stuff. <laughs> He's gone. Back. He's a memory. I you have as much chance of seeing John McClare we... in orange and black uh... next year as you do Chris <laughs> Vandervelde. I will play more games for the Flyers than Chris Vandervelde does next McClare year. Is John McClare still in good shape? Like, could we I think go, he is. Could we get him back? He's got an ass like a bus. He could play in the <laughs> NHL right now. I he'd wonder, be, I, I he'd be better than Michael Neuvert was, I'll tell you that much. Throw his ass in net. I wonder if any Anybody's actually going to sign Vandervelde. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, so, does he bring anything phantoms. to the table? Maybe, like, maybe oh. he'll be a phantom. He's okay, going well, to be, be in the playing. NHL. Is what I meant. He's a penalty. <laughs> he is specialist. going to be joining the Flyers alumni for charity games forever. Oh, I could totally. That's see Chris that. Vandervelde. Oh, oh, yeah. Totally oh, see that. He's going to be director of uh, scouting in Norway for the next <laughs> fifty years. <laughs> Because that's what this organization does. But no, he's going to be around. All right. So who else? Who else? Bottom, bottom six. There are a lot of them. You I don't. Got have... Bel- you got Belmar. You got Reed. You probably have Raffle. You may- maybe you have Limblom. He plays in the third line. Yeah, you got a lot of players. But as Bill said, let them compete. Two of them will be traded. Yeah. Got... I think. I think at least two of them. Yeah. And then you've. I mean, then, then you. Yeah. Then you've got the the Phantoms. Lawton Cousins. Lear. Who are all? Well, Lear's whatever. Le- Lear, but Lear they all—they're all waivers. Yeah, but like L- nobody's uh, wa- gonna—nobody's gonna claim Lear. Somebody might claim. Just Law because you don't like Taylor Lear does not mean that nobody else does. He's very good. He is also an AHL All Star. Charlie, did you know that he is just as good as Jordan Wheel? Yeah, but in like four, in fourteen games in the NHL, I think he has like one point. How many games does he have in the NHL? Like fourteen or so. I thought it was like three. Nah, he played in a couple. Someone that has internet, look it up. Someone that's not me because Fact I don't check. have I don't have internet. I thought Taylor Lear played like three games in the NHL. He had like a like a extended like ten game look at one point. I, think. I didn't think so. I know that he was up, but I think 
No, I'm not. He's played of 16 games. 16 oh. games. Oh. Over how many? Six, six two years ago, ten this season. And what? Oh. One or two points? Uh, one goal, one assist, both this year. Okay. That's not great. When did he play ten games this year? Ten game win streak? Probably. <laughs> Some of those games. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I just I I see this being competition, and if they have fourteen forwards and someone sucks, they can take him out of the lineup because you're putting someone else in who wants to stay. Like that's what that's what your bottom six should be. And if you want to play matchups, play matchups. If you want speed one night and you want size another night, you can mix and match these guys. Like that's just yeah. If you want, I, if you want a speed speed game, play play Reed. If you want a physical game, play Weeks. Matt Reed, and to me, in terms of a buyout, if they were to put him on waivers, wouldn't someone claim him? He's not a bad Probably. player. Who, Matt Reed? I don't know, maybe. I, 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 I would think he has some value, at least to an organization that likes advanced stats. He's always done well with them. Um, well, so, or at least over the last two years. Go ahead, Kelly. Are you going to read from Kurt? No, I was just oh. going to say that I'm hearing a lot of confidence in our coaching staff to make good lineup decisions. <laughs> That's a and fair point. Me. That is a fair point. I'm not sure who you guys are talking about. It's certainly not the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> yeah. The hockey um, team, the Flyers? I don't know. His lineups were pretty good the first year. Like, they, he did okay <laughs> he the first year. Well, but I, guess, also, I guess, though, they didn't have really but who else? else? That, yeah. It's they up to Hextall. Umberger. This is up to Hextall. Umberger was making $5 bucks. Okay. Yeah, but if your coach is telling you, I really like Chris Vandevelde in my lineup. Are you going to sit him because you think he's bad? You're probably going to let your coach play who he wants to it play. It is up to the general manager to give him the right pieces. He did, but he picked the wrong ones. I would concur with Kelly. I agree <laughs> with <laughs> Kelly, too. All right, so we got a fact I check. I got something. We got a fact check from Kurt. Um, the rule, a player on loan to a club of any league affiliated with the league may be recalled from such loan under emergency conditions at any time for the duration of the emergency, only following which he must be returned promptly to the club from which he was recalled. Yep. JVR was not on loan to UNH. He was just there, so they could not have used him as an because emergency Because he wasn't under up. contract. If they, if they wanted to call him up, they would have had to bring him under contract. So he wouldn't sign his contract. Which then would have burnt a they year, which would have been probably stupid. didn't extend him a contract. They absolutely offered no, it to him. No, because once you, once you sign a contract and you're in college, then you have to leave college. That's why no one in college signs until they're ready to go pro. Whereas in the CHL, you can sign a, an entry-level contract and then be loaned to that team. So he was afraid to come up. <laughs> I mean, so if you, he, if, no, I mean, if you want to give JVR crap for staying that extra year, a lot of people give him crap for that because he wanted to stay another year in, in college. The Flyers Did wanted, he get his degree? No, he left it for like a sophomore year. I well. think he just wanted to spend another year in college and hang out with his buddies. Well. Yeah. Well. Just gross. like Matt Liner. One of my all-time heroes, Matt Liner. Wrong sport. <laughs> I love left-handed quarterbacks. Wrong sport. Just love them. Wrong sport. There are no wrong sports. All sports are right. That is all the time we have. For- oh, no, I have to read these fun stats about uh, oh. about Con Smythe. Uh, double. <laughs> Damn it. Two-time no, winning, no, no. two winning Con Smythe. Uh, no pass. Sidney Crosby. Been no, these are negative Crosby snaps. No, but pass because this is this is absolute garbage that he got. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah. fine, whatever. In uh, Crosby has won My three cups did. now. He has played in 19 finals games in which he has won those series. He's scored two goals. Mm. He has four goals, goals total in Stanley Cup finals in 25 games. He averages one goal per Stanley Cup final. He's got two consmites. For everybody at Broad Street Hockey, 
My name is Bill Matz. Uh, be sure to join us June 23rd at the Party of Parties at Smith's in, uh, where? It's not in Old City, like it's, I said. It's, it's in Rittenhouse. It's 19th and chestnut It's at Smith's. Google it. Rumor uh, has it it's going to be popping off the chain. <laughs> off <laughs> the chain. I am so, I do off not. I never, chain. ever want to hear that again. <laughs> <laughs> that song was. I'm not going to say what, that's, what I think so that song was. good. Uh, for everybody at Broad Street Hockey, uh, thanks for listening. And thank you to WIP for use of their outstanding studio. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys! The Flyers! I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the scheme and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly.